Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Here for the first time. Thank you for coming. Uh, and thank you for being here. And let's just make sure you mute your mic. I still feel hear a few noises. So uh, I want to make sure everybody can hear. Um, but uh, I'm excited for us to be learning and growing uh, to know God better uh, through the journey of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. And um, it's going to be, I think, a really fun time going through this book. Uh, the book of Ruth is actually not about Ruth. It's about God. And that's what we're going to see. And uh, my prayer is that we will also grow in our, in our Bible study skills. And we wanted to take this book of Ruth and not make it just about that book, but really learning how to dive deeply into the scriptures and uh, really develop more skills uh, so that we can grow in how we glean from the word and, and how we apply it to our journey with God. Uh, so the lesson title tonight is The Journey, and you're going to see it is quite a journey in chapter one. Um, you know, God's principles and his truths and his nature are the same for today, and they can help us navigate through our times and our journey. Uh, really, in a lot of ways, things have not changed. Uh, and I want to encourage all of us, like Lamisha even talked about, to really dig deep into each chapter, to read the book all the way through, to really use the Bible study guide that we've put on the app. Um, and then this way we can even have familiar uh, terminology, even as we're sharing with each other, even on the, the chat uh, part of the app. Uh, we can, you know, be chatting about, hey, here's what I'm processing. You know, here's what I've seen. Uh, and to do your own research and to pray for what God wants to show you. What is God trying to, you know, teach you through this? Um, you know, as disciples and those tonight even that are desiring to be disciples, you know, we are not exempt from life's struggles. Um, you know, just because we've made a decision to follow God or seek God doesn't mean we're exempt from life's struggles, uh, life's pain, uh, life's regrets, bitterness, shame, guilt, um, losses. Uh, we've all experienced, I'm sure, uh, being angry with God, uh, being confused about his ways or his plan. So what, what I want to do tonight is let's see what God wants to show us through the journey of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Uh, the characters, let me kind of go through who's in this. You know, some of you have read this book many times. Others of you, this might have been the first time you're even looking at this book. Um, but some of the characters are, the first one I'm going to mention is Ruth. And this is a woman from outside of God's chosen people. This is a Moabitess. Um, and, and the Moabites was a nation that were enemies of God. Uh, they were enemies of God's people, God's people, and uh, she becomes a part of Naomi's family through marrying uh, into this Israelite family. Uh, then you have Naomi. Here's a, a, a Jewish woman uh, with a myriad of, you're going to see raw emotions, some very difficult circumstances, and she actually narrates this story. It's really from her, as you read it, it's really from her perspective of the journey. Boaz is a very righteous man, 
uh, that enters in later on in the chapters, not in chapter one, that is a faithful man to God's ways, and he exhibits the compassionate, amazing compassionate heart of God towards an alien, a widow, and an orphan. And it's important for us to really look into the backstory. You know, when you look at a book in the scriptures, you want to know what's going on behind. You know, what's the backdrop of the book of Ruth? You know, just like in our lives, our, our backstory or our backdrop uh, really plays into our journey, you know, as well. Um, so let's go ahead and let's jump over into Ruth. And we're going to start reading here uh, in Ruth chapter 1. In verses, only verses 1 through 2, let's read this together. It says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, the wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and they lived there. So, you know, this is, this is a very, you know, short little piece of scripture, but I want to talk about all that we even learn here about just the backstory. It says, it starts off with this phrase, in the days when the judges ruled. And if you go back and you look at what it was like during the time of the judges, it was a time of great sin, wars, violence, the leadership by many of the judges was tumultuous, uh, inconsistent, and some of them were downright evil. And it actually says in Judges chapter 21, verse 25, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. So that's the backdrop. Uh, also part of that backdrop is the faith of the Israelites was going up and down. And now at this time where we pick up, there's a famine in the land. So it's a very desperate situation. So this is the backdrop to a story that at first might seem like a story of love uh, and loyalty, which it is, but there's even more to it. It's a story of righteousness, faithfulness, and actually God's graciousness to Naomi, Ruth, Boaz, but also a faithfulness to the future of Israel because God had promised that he would eventually send a savior. And ultimately that savior comes through Ruth's genealogy, which is pretty incredible. You know, where does Naomi's family head to? So there's this famine and her family goes to Moab, which is kind of crazy if, if you think about it. And that's, this is what we want you to do is just really dig in here to understand maybe why that would be an unusual move. It's across the valley. But it's an odd place for them to go because this is their enemy. This is enemy, enemy territory. Um, so why do they go? I don't know. Uh, you know, my guess is I have a few ideas. You know, maybe out of desperation, they think that Moab's gods might provide food. It was a very fertile area. Uh, maybe since they know they can't go back to Egypt, uh, because that's a step backwards for an Israelite. So maybe they want to just take a sidestep to Moab. Um, maybe that just seemed not as bad to go to that enemy instead of going all the way back to Egypt. I don't, I don't really know why, but it's good to kind of think those things as you're reading because, you know, the decisions that we make and the decisions that they made impacted their journey. And, you know, some food for thought for us is on, on your journey, 
and on my journey, you know, have our decisions made an impact, positive or negative? You know, think of the, of the impact the decisions you've made uh, and how they've changed your family or your life or your walk with God. So we don't know exactly why they chose Moab, uh, but that's just good stuff to kind of think about. Hmm, why do they make this decision and how will God work through this decision? Because at first this decision can seem like, I don't know if this is a good decision, but God and ultimately works through that decision, which is how God works. But you look back in Ruth chapter one, now we're going to read uh, verses three through seven. And, and Lala, you don't have to put up the whole uh, scripture, just the reference for that one. Ruth 1, verses 3 through 7. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she's left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died. Both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So tragedy. Now in this journey, which every journey, everyone's journey has tragedy. And here is this tragic situation. Naomi's husband dies. She is left with two unmarried sons, you know, who then decide to marry Moabites. Many times God had said clearly to his people, do not intermarry. Actually, in 1 Kings, in chapter 11, verse 2, he says, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. So this is something that God had said, you know, please, this is, this is not what I want you to do. You know, it might be good even as you're studying to look this whole book, to look into who the Moabites were and how they became Israel's enemy. You know, the father of the Moabites was the son of Lot's oldest daughter who got her father drunk, slept with him, and then got pregnant with a son who she named Moab. That is the beginning of the Moabites. God was trying to protect, why he didn't want them to intermarry. He was trying to protect them. He was trying to protect Naomi's sons, but they went ahead anyway. So that's tragic. But then tragedy hits again. Ten years later, both sons die. You know, not losing one child, but she loses both sons. We don't know how. We don't know if it was tragic, but it was terrible just to lose your children. No one wants to have their children die before they die. This is devastating. Having no husband, no sons, and that leaves Naomi and her daughter-in-laws in a very difficult position. Naomi is now, she's an alien, she's the widow, she's childless, and she's considered an orphan because all the males in her family are dead. She is living in a patriarchal society. And this is incredibly scary for someone in her position and in her daughter-in-law's position. It would be good to even look into what was the patriarchal society like and what would the challenge have been? She's completely on her own. You know, have you ever felt that way where all of a sudden you're on your own and 
you, you have nowhere else to turn. Naomi is really, especially in a patriarchal society, completely on her own. If you look in verse 6, it says, When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them. So she hears this news, somehow this news travels to Moab, that back in Bethlehem, that God is providing for her people. And she decides to take her daughter-in-laws and start on another journey, that she's going to go back. She's going to go back to her people. And her journey so far has already brought many twists and turns. But as we will see, every twist and every turn, God has a plan, which is the same thing we've got to remember on our journey. So let's look over in Ruth 8, I mean Ruth 1, verses 8 through 14. 8 through 14. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this, they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So much to see here. This is amazing, okay? They went through this devastating tragedy. You know, they've lost the main, uh, the, the pa patriarch of their family. Then the sons die. They are left on their own. And Ruth decides, you know, she is going to journey back to her people and then somehow comes to some revelation in the middle of it. I don't know how far she got. But she decides to send her daughter-in-laws back. And she emphasizes that they need a home. They need a place to rest. What she's saying there, what she wants for her daughter-in-laws, is for them to have a future and to be safe because she loved them. Because Naomi must have started to travel and then stopped and thought, wait a minute, when they go to Bethlehem, there is no future. You know, there's, there's no hope for them if they go back there. Because not only were they going to be in a patriarchal society, but they were going to be in a Jewish one. And in Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 2, it says, no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God. Because they were enemies. So she must have been thinking, what am I, what am I thinking? I can't bring them there. No one's going to want to marry them. They can't worship. And their future was just going to be tragic. And I'm sure that Naomi is wrestling with a lot of emotions here. You know, maybe she's thinking things like, this was a mistake from the very beginning. You know, and maybe filled with regrets. Maybe she feels hopeless. She does say, you know, I'm too old to marry. She's just like, this is hopeless. There's no fixing of this situation. Um, she also talks about in verse 13, she says, you know, God is punishing me. His hand is against me. She might be feeling those emotions of, you know, 
nothing is working out. <laughs> you know, maybe she's thinking, you know, I want these women with me because they're going to comfort me, but it's not best for them. But what about my needs, God? Maybe she's concerned about who's going who's gonna, to, you know, be there for me. Maybe she's thinking, do I matter even to God because I'm a woman? You know, just because I don't have a husband, just because I don't have sons, God, come on. What have I done wrong? What have I done? You know, haven't I done some things right? You know, maybe these are the things that are going on in her. I, I, I really believe that there's a confliction going on in her soul. And that at that point is when she stops and has to say to them, you need to go back. So they have many tears that are shed through all of them. I, this would be like a lifetime movie here, just crying, you know, over this decision because it's, it's tough. Uh, they're all grieving. You know, these women are still grieving their, their husbands. Um, they have all suffered multiple losses. They're uncertain of the future. And on top of that, uh, Naomi is angry with God. If you look down in verse 20 in chapter 1, it says, don't call me Naomi, she told them when she went back home. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. And so she is angry with God. The Lord has emptied me, she goes on to say. I was full and I've come back empty. So this is Naomi's perspective. At this point in the journey, her attitude, her perspective is, I have nothing left. I am empty. Now, what I thought of when I was reading this, I thought, now, here is a woman that we can all relate to. <laughs> all of us. You know, how many of us have felt the same emotions on our journey? And I really believe God even allowed this whole scenario. You got to remember, there's, this isn't just one little story. This is something that God is using to teach us, to encourage us, that he was able to use this woman with all of these emotions that we all can relate to. How many of us have felt those same emotions? Even right now, so many of us are grieving. We're grieving and we're scared about the future. We're facing uncertainty. So many of us, you know, are grieving because we've lost life as we knew it. Will it ever be the same? Navigating deep, deep emotions right now. We've had so much uh, unrest, so much deep emotions about racial injustice and how it's impacted you from the past and how it impacts you now and how it might impact you for the rest of your life. Emotions about decisions we need to make, about jobs, about our children, college, school, and those things bring on a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and, you know, just, you know, questions for God. Maybe even like uh, Naomi, am I too old, God? Are you punishing me, God? God, do you see me? Do you see me as a woman? And so what we need to gain from this is, wow, we are with you, Naomi. I, I can relate. I feel like you know, I, I had some of those emotions yesterday. I had some of those emotions today. But the thing that's so encouraging is verse 14. It says, after they wept, but Ruth clung to her. 
Wow. Ruth clung to her. You know, that word for clung is like flesh to the bone. It's actually the same word it uses in Genesis. It's like, you know, it's, it's so close. It's flesh on the bone. She wanted to just hold on to Naomi, to comfort her, to let her know, I, I'm with you. I won't leave you in this part of the journey. You know, on our journeys, we need those that will cling to us. I know this must have scared Naomi, but at this, because she knew what Ruth's future was going to look like in her mind, but it must have comforted her as well, knowing, wow, somebody wants to stay with me. And we all need that during this time. So look down in Ruth chapter 1. Let's look in verse 15 through 18. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Wow, that is awesome. This is so incredible to look at the character of Ruth. This is one determined, self-sacrificing, loyal, surrendered, faithful, trusting woman. And this is a Moabitess. This is so challenging that God sees in one of the enemies of God that had married into this family. He sees his own heart, determined, self-sacrificing, loyal, surrendered, faithful, and trusting. She makes a bold and faithful move to an unknown future. No wonder God knows that he can use her. And as we will see eventually, God uses her to be part of the faithful lineage of David and then onward to Jesus. And God loves to use, what I love about that is God loves to use those that others might think are not useful, but they have that heart and that faith. You know, some food for thought is we all need roots, those that will cling to us during these tough times. I think roots helped Naomi in ways that maybe Naomi wasn't even expecting. And we also never know that God may use us like Ruth when this is our heart. Or who could that Ruth be for us? We never know how God is going to work through us in his story of his kingdom. You know, you don't know yet how God will use your decisions, how God will use your faith, how God will use your trust and your surrender, you and I are a part of that story. Now, Ruth and Naomi did not realize in Boaz at that time how this would all play out. They just were in the moment of that journey, and God used them. How will he use you, and how will he use me? And will we let him use us? Will we let him? use us. 
In Ruth chapter 1, let's look in verse 19, 19 through 22. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. So, so much here, even at this end of this chapter. Naomi's journey changed her. She left Bethlehem, in her mind, full, a full home. And her name, her name means pleasant or sweet. And she came home, and she ends up changing her name because the journey changed her to Mara. Because at this point in her journey, she's bitter, and she's sad, and she's empty. You know, our journeys have all of that, and our journeys change us. But as always, we see the power of God's timing. Because funny enough, as God would have it, they arrive at the beginning of the barley harvest, which would have been about springtime, a new beginning. And as we continue to see through this book, we will see the purpose that God had in mind with that. God's timing is always perfect. I'm sure in that moment it didn't seem perfect to Naomi and Ruth, but it is always perfect. He always has a plan, even when it is nowhere in sight for us. And our journeys can change us, just like Naomi and Ruth. God will use both of the ups and the downs, the bad, the good attitudes. He uses when we're bitter and we work through that. He uses when we feel full and he'll use when we feel empty because he always works for his glory no matter what is going on because that is the story of God. God used Ruth, a Moabitess in Naomi's life, a Jew, an unlikely pairing, and he used Naomi and Ruth's life to lead her to the Lord. And what I see screaming out in this chapter is God's incredible gracious hand like a river flowing in these women's journeys just like it does in ours his hand and his grace is always there whether the journey is a tough one a bitter one or it's become a pleasant one so let us embrace the journey that we're all on let us learn from these women and allow God to guide our decisions and let him comfort us through our difficult times. You know, clinging to each other, especially in these tough times or in pivotal moments. You know, all the while, all the while knowing that it's all a part of the bigger story of God. We need to read the scriptures with that bigger story of God and his people. I want to end with a scripture. It's in Isaiah 43, verses 2 through 4 a little bit of a different version. It's the New Living uh, Translation. It says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. 
When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. It's awesome. You know, God is going to make sure that we get through the rivers of difficulty and not drown. That even in deep waters and tough times, I will be with you. When you're walking through the fires of oppression and you feel that, that, that hand on you, you will not be burned up, he says. You will not be consumed. I will be with you. So I just really want to thank you guys for, you know, taking the time tonight. Let's really be digging in our Bibles and seeing more things. There's a lot more in there. I just want to give you a little taste. Uh, do your research, your homework, see what you see. Um, and, and come back in two weeks for chapter two. And if you want a journal like uh, it was spoken about in the beginning of, the, of, of our time, you know, please let me know. But I do want to remind you to go back and look at the Bible study guide that's on the app. It is very, very helpful to go through when you're studying and think of those with this woman, you know, kind of uses her form as five Ps. If you have another format, you can use that. That's fine. But it really is important to go through and look at things like the purpose and have a perspective and, and be patient as you walk through it and have a process and really apply and really annotate and use commentaries. And then really pray for the Holy Spirit to really guide you. For him to really, you know, let you see what is it you need to gain from this time together. So what we're going to do now um, is I'm going to give you some discussion, uh, talking discussion points. Uh, they've been put up by Lamisha, but I'm just going to read them to you. Um, we're going to break out into random uh, discussion groups and um, probably groups of about mm, five to seven. And um, we're going to talk about things like, what did you learn about God? from this chapter so far, because now you, you can go back and look at it yourself. Um, what has been challenging in your journey right now? Uh, what do you think God's teaching you? And, and then lastly, from either Ruth or Naomi or both, um, what is a takeaway lesson for you? What are you, what are you really gaining maybe from uh, one of them? What did you see just from tonight? Uh, and then the great thing is you're going to go in there and you're going to dig more and see more and, and pray more for God to show you, you know, what is he trying to show you in just chapter one. Um, I encourage you to read the whole book, uh, but then we'll highlight one chapter every two weeks. Um, and then to use the chat form uh, on, on the app to, to be sharing because we want to learn from each other. You know, you might find something in a commentary or something you've learned and a per personal application um, you know, so that you can, uh, you know, discuss and, and encourage one another. So, um, but again, thank you so much for being here. If you're a guest tonight, you've never come before. Thank you so much for being here. Um, ask whoever invited you to explain anything you, you don't understand um, and to maybe help you get on the app. And um, we're just glad you're here and grateful for this time. So, Lamisha, if you want to go ahead and um, break us up into those groups, um, that would be great. No, thank you so much, Florence. Um, I also put the discussion questions in the chat if you're on there as well. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.